Blog Talk Radio. Such a bad time. How could something so bad be so right? I'm asking everybody around. It happened so fast overnight. Took my world and then you turned it around. We laughed, we talked, we prayed, even cried. Together, me and you were just that time. But the situation's crazy. Coast 
well, East Coast or South Coast, <laughs> sometimes the West Coast, <laughs> bringing yep. you the latest and greatest and all that is wonderful and magnificent in the world of independence. Make sure you give us a call anytime during the show, 646-478-5123. The chat room is now open. Join us there. And don't forget to check out the blog at www.indiereviewforyou.blogspot.com. Absolutely, and we can, before before I, I, I talk about what we started off with, uh, let me immediately go to the universal greetings to everyone listening to us. You know, whether you be man, woman, child, or otherwise, I say good morning, good afternoon, good night. When there's no chest, when it's yes, konnichiwa, salam, namaste, sapase, assalamu alaikum, alafia, parev, good day, nehoma, bonjour, bonsoir, what up, son, where you at, what up, though? Right, right. Now, if we start getting uh, aliens listening to the show, you're going to have to learn how to speak Mars or something. I know. Well, there are aliens that do listen to the show. Like, aliens are very much a part of our lives. I mean, we don't necessarily know what frequency they're on, but they are. We don't always know exactly. Yeah, they all listen, though. It no looks like we have a caller um, see, on the line. I don't know if they're calling or listening. Oh, I think we should do a full investigation. Let's, let's see what's up. Hello, oh. you're on live. Hello. 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 Are you there? Hello. Well, maybe they're just listening. Hello? Hey, hey, what's up? Hi, who's this? My name is Priyana. Kiana? No, Priyana. Priyana. I was calling in for Stacey's interview. Yes, so you're just tuning into the show for the first time? Um, I, I think so. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, we welcome you, and uh, Stacey will be calling in in a little bit. <clears throat> but in the meantime, sit back and listen to some wonderful music. And uh, as soon as she comes on, I'll let her know that Tiana's on the line tuning in. It, it's Pri with a P-R-I. Priyana, I'm sorry. Priyana, got it. Yeah, I, I have you on mute, so. Okay, okay, no problem. I didn't say anything. Oh, no worries. Okay, Priyana, thank you for tuning in. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. She's early. She, she's revving and ready to go. Yeah, we like when our when our friends, we have new friends on the show, so we welcome Priyana for tuning in. Uh, and Priyana, feel free to also join us in the chat room if you have anything to say or have questions for Stacy during the interview. You can ask them there. So, yeah, that's fantastic. So, see, how was your week? My week was great, great, great. Oh, and uh, before I, I talk about that, uh, I want to say hello to Lorna, who is in the chat room right now early. So big up to Lorna, who's in the chat room early. Hey, Lorna. And, uh, yeah, the, the week was great. Of course, um, we've been preparing for a big brand and birthday event that we do annually, which is coming up next month, May 10th in New York City at Taj. So, you know, we've been putting together all the different things for that particular fun, fun event. It's going to be great. It's, it's open to the public. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. It's like an after-work event that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern and goes, you know, until you want to leave. That's on you. <laughs> you know, but um, it, it's a very, very fun event. This is going to be our second year doing it at Taj. And, you know, we, we we had a very packed house and diverse house when we did it last year. And uh, we had a variety of things. Yeah, you know, we had a live DJ. We had video streams going as far as, like, a, a, a DJ 
We had uh, some artists in the house. We had a body painter in the house. We had yeah. uh, contortionists going on in there as well. It was a lot of things happening. Yes, indeed. As usual, nothing uh, short of uh, excitement with you and Cass. So <laughs> I'm sure this year will be no different. <laughs> All right, right, right. And the other thing uh, that I did this week is I started the back for this BMX challenge that's going to be happening uh, next Sunday. And this BMX challenge is going out to various different uh, individuals within the entertainment industry. One of them is Eric Beasley, who works at the lecture. I'm not sure where he's at right now as far as, like, labels, but he's still within the industry. So people like him, myself, Tim Lawrence, from August as well, Crazy Al Kane, we, we actually went on some BMX bikes and uh, do some racing. So I've been trying that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, get ready for that whole situation. A lot of uh, amateur novices are going to be out there, so it's, it's open particularly to us, like our own little, you know, grudge match and challenge that we held for our, ourselves. So we. That is awesome. See, that is awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And we I gonna, this, you, what you see. And this movie called Miss Bala, which is a uh, is an indie film, it's a foreign film, uh, coming out of Mexico, and it chronicles very accurately the corruption that goes on via the Mexican and the U.S. drug trade, and and what goes on between the higher up peoples, the politicians, agents, ICE, to the generals, the drug lords, and to the regular people that live in Mexico, and the people who are across the border in Tijuana and San Diego. So it's a excellent film. I advise people to check it out if you can. And it is very much a true story. And yeah. it's centered around this one character who um, wanted to get into this beauty pageant. Miss um, Baja California was the pageant that she wanted to get into. So things happen. I don't want to give away the whole story because if I tell you what happened after that, then it will give away the story. But <laughs> it's centered around her. And this this crazy trip that she goes on um, wow. after witnessing something in this club. So it, you definitely got to keep that. You got to check that out, Miss Baller. Well, maybe we can post the trailer on the blog so that people can get a little taste of what it is uh, you're talking about. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And what, what do you, you have friends over over there? Pardon me? You have friends over over there? You got a party going on? No, 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 no party. Just a just a little upset um, puppy that can't be in the studio. That's she'll be fine. Um, but the blog www.indiereview4u.blogspot.com. Um, check that out. We always have. Well, first of all, you can listen to all of the previous shows there for our our new listeners. Um, we've had some amazing guests on the show. Today is no exce- no exception. Um, we have. Um, videos and trailers and all kind of stuff and we celebrate independence across the board music film authors the whole nine so for those of you that are listening for the first time today please come back feel free to join us um every saturday from 12 to 1 30 eastern standard time absolutely definitely and we kick things off today with um music called bad timing coming from uh latasha scott who was formerly uh, of escape and she's uh on her own has some great new music out right now and that's uh one of the tunes that she's rocking with, Latasha, formerly of Escape, that was called Bad Timing, that we kick things off with. 
Yay. Well, we're going to jump into, I guess, another two before we bring our guest on. Yes, indeed. Let's uh, do some Monique Baines. Oh, yes. Monique. Big shout out to Monique. She is, I'm telling you, she is doing big things, big things. We'll have to have her come back on the show. She's been uh, doing some shows and touring and getting her hands into a lot of stuff, so we'll be hearing a lot more from her. So, yes, Monique, and we'll be right back. Yep.
right there. Detox was the name of that song. Yay. So proud of her. She's been doing her thing for a minute. So, you know, it just takes a little bit of time, a lot of work, and things come to fruition. I just had a conversation with somebody about that. You know, anything that's worth anything is going to take some work. It sure is. There's some sacrifices, and who knows better than that, better than that than um, our guest today, who's a very hard worker. And um, the beauty is that you get to see the fruits of her label in a tangible form in her work through her films, none other than Stacey Muhammad. Thank you for joining us today, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that was me doing all the clapping. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm blessed. How are you? Yay! Well, we are so excited to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming. I mean, I'm no stranger to your work and your passions. Um, our listeners, some of them may be, so why don't you really quickly introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about um, what Stacey Muhammad does. Okay, um, I'm a Brooklyn-based filmmaker, originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, (laughs) I do uh, independent films. I've done five documentaries, and I just released my first narrative short film called Redemption for Colored Boys. Uh, The first film I did was called A uh, A Glimpse of Heaven, The Legacy of the Million Man March. When I lived in Washington, D.C., moved to New York, went to film school, and then the first film I did here, which I think is the film people probably are most familiar with, is uh, I Am Sean Bell, Black Boys Speak. Um, yeah, and I've just uh, done a lot of music video work in the hip-hop community. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I do film. <laughs> Every day <all> day. <laughs> no, you do more than film. You do life. <laughs> I do life. There's a right. lot of films out there that we can't necessarily relate to, but I think that um, we can all relate to yours mm-hmm. because of the passion that you inject in your pieces. Um, you. And I know you had a screening, right? You had a screening last, was it yesterday? Yeah, last night. How did you go? Um, it was incredible, you know, because I haven't really screened for Color Boys too much. So this is the second screening I've done for For Color Boys, and it was screened by the Independent Film New York uh, Screening Series, which was started by a Brooklyn-based filmmaker, Attica Torrance. Um, sure. So he has a monthly, a monthly screening series at LIU, Long Island University here in Brooklyn, in the Spike Lee screening room. And it was absolutely incredible, I mean, because it's the type of atmosphere where you have industry professionals, but it's very, like, family-oriented, so people in the community are there. And you get a lot of feedback. So the response to the Color Boys was just incredible. Um, the cast was there. There were other short films that showed. It was just really awesome. An, an awesome, awesome night, yeah. And tell us about For Color Boys. The premise, the foundation um, for the for the film. Mm-hmm. Well, initially, the initial idea for For Color Boys was to be a documentary web series where I identified the areas in which black men are targeted in this society. But I had never done a narrative, and I knew it was time for me to do a narrative film, so I kind of started constructing these narrative stories from these eight areas that I'd identified. Um, so For Color Boys deals with the prison industrial complex. It's a short narrative film. It stars Julio McCollum from The Wire, and Rob Morgan from Pariah. And it's just about a brother that's coming out of prison, and the first thing he wants to do is reunite his family, rekindle his relationship with his wife and his daughter and his troubled 20-year-old son. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a human story. So what I really wanted to do is really construct these very human stories around black men with the For Color Boys series of short films. Okay. And the other one, I mean, I know a lot of your work, 
seem to be directed and geared toward our, our men, our young men. But you also did a piece um, out of our right minds dealing with women and depression, which is such a huge, huge topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the sound? I mean, what was the drive behind uh, that piece? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just kind of going through some of the things I was born through years ago, and then realizing that there are a lot of black women that you know. I realized that there were women that I knew very intimately in my family, my sisters, you know, just certain women that had dealt with some type of emotional or mental disorder and had been actually either hospitalized or medicated for it, and I didn't know. So it's just amazing to me that sisters can actually be struggling and suffering in silence. I mean complete silence because these are people that you speak to every day and you would never know so-and-so is on Xanax or so-and-so is, you know, medicated or in a hospital, you know. Um, So I really wanted to explore that and look at um, the connection between these emotional and so-called mental disorders and if there's any connection between that and post-traumatic slavery syndrome. So we interviewed Dr. Joy Leary. She came to Brooklyn and, you know, was very gracious with her time. And, I mean, the response to the film has been great. I'm actually in the process of re-editing it and putting it back on the festival circuit hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that's a great piece, and it's still so relevant. And, you know, you and I have had plenty of conversations about, you know, depression, anxiety, panic, and all those things because we've both experienced them. But, it, mm-hmm. it's you know, the, the more you discuss things like that, the more people feel um, comfortable in sharing their stories. They're like, you know, they finally realize that they're not the only ones going through this. So the work, the work is just fantastic. And I am Sean, and I am Sean Bell, um, which mm-hmm. I had a chance to come to. Um, where, did, where, where was that? Brooklyn. Um, at BAM, maybe? Yes, at BAM when they screened yeah, it. Uh-huh. And um, was just so pleased in how it was received and how you were received. Um, mm-hmm. And his parents were there. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were a couple of young men that were also featured in the film that were there. And mm-hmm. what are some of the things that have happened as a result of that documentary? I mean, even though it happened, you know, some years ago, right. I'm just still uh, dealing with the after effects of, you know, people may have seen it for the first time. Like, who is this Stacey person? It's funny because that film did really well on the festival circuit, and I always say, you know, when you create something and you don't have anything going on in your mind except this is really important, you know, I mean, wonderful things happen with it. Um, So it went to the HBO Media, that Madison Film Festival. I was the only black filmmaker there that year, and I think that what I realized is that this 10-minute short film put this Sean Bell tragedy on an international stage because it did the one-year tour with HBO Media, that matters. So it screened around the world. Um, so, yeah, his, his parents, I went to their home to show them the film, and then they came out to BAM. They've been extremely supportive. You know, whenever I'm screening somewhere, I definitely invite them out to come and see the film. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the response has been great. I mean, the young boys that were featured in the film between the ages of 11 and 14, and people always say, oh, my God, they're so brilliant. I'm like, yeah, our children are absolutely brilliant. They oh, definitely need avenues absolutely. to show their brilliance. So yeah. it, it's definitely been a blessing, yeah. Yeah. Um. We are talking to Stacey Muhammad on Indie Review Radio. Feel free to give us a call if you have any questions for our guests, 646-478-5123, or join us in the chat room. Um, and we want to give a shout-out to the folks that are in the chat room, including yourself, Stacey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back manager, right 69, and Lorna. And um, so if you guys have any questions for her, please feel free uh, to ask them there. Now, a few minutes ago you mentioned a post-traumatic um, yes. 
What is that? Well, Dr. Joy Leary defines post-traumatic slavery syndrome as the after effects of slavery experience. So she talks about, you know, if someone is raped or uh, suffers from any type of trauma experience, there should be an expectation that there will be residual effects of that experience. Um, so, you know, her idea and really the truth that there has been no real healing in the African-American community around the issues of slavery. Um, you know, the sister Esther Armand, I, I think you're familiar with her. She has the emotional justice movement, and I think it's some of the most revolutionary work being done because it goes to, like, the core of a lot of the issues that we talk about. Um, so this is what Dr. Joy Leary is, talking, is saying. You know, if we don't deal with this post-traumatic slavery experience and how it affects every aspect of our lives, then we probably won't be able to deal with some of the other manifestations of it. And when you and when people hear that, I mean, the general consensus is, of course, you know, we should all be holding hands and singing kumbaya. But what are some of the what are some of the effects of us not dealing with that or not acknowledging that this could exist? I mean, I think that what we see uh, most prevalent is what people identify as black on black crime. So, you know, Dr. Amos Wilson has an incredible book. Um, it's called The Psychodynamics of Black on Black Crime in Service of racism and white supremacy. Um, so I think that one of the things that has been able to happen as a result of not dealing with the post-traumatic slavery syndrome is that the people who have been victimized have actually been criminalized and demonized. So it appears as if everything that we're dealing with and suffering from is our fault, when in actuality it's not. Um, so it's just like this internalized self-hatred that kind of manifests itself in so many different ways, and I think one of the most prevalent and obvious ways is in what we call black-on-black crime. But, again, as we talk about on Facebook all the time, unless we really want to deal with the root and the source of these issues, we'll keep having the same conversation over and over again. So, of course, the root of black-on-black crime is white-on-black crime. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, you know, that happens to be something that people don't really want to talk about too often. Um, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, Yeah. And I think people misconstrued this conversation as a conversation of hate or disdain. Mm -hmm. It's really about a love for each other in resolving something. Yeah, I mean, it's quite idiotic to me um, because I think that, you know, people of so-called color in this country and around the world have proven that we're the most peaceful people on the planet. You know, so I think that this is just about a very successful marketing program to kind of justify treating us criminally, which has been happening since we've been here you know, in order to justify slavery, Europeans need, needed to say, well, this is what's wrong with them and this is why we're doing this. Because the notion that uh, our defense of ourselves would be considered evil or criminal or, you know, violent is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, every other community of people gets to address their issues, they get to address the source of their issues, and they get to protect themselves, except for us. Um, so, again, I just think that it's just this trauma experience reenacting itself over and over again when we're not allowed to have conversations that go to the source of the issues that we're dealing with in our community. Yeah, and I think that the, the the saddest part about all that is the fact that we start believing the hype, and we, and we, you know, um, don't have faith and support in in our in our youth. Like they need that from us. It's really important. I, I had a conversation last week and actually started a blog as a result of it uh, mm-hmm. with some that saying that you know all of our young men are criminals, which I was livid. A that mm-hmm. she was the best of farm, but B, like, really, is this what our kids deal with, like, people that just look at them and peg them immediately, that look like them? (laughs) You know, so, 
Yeah, I mean, I think the culture was born out of that, and um, and and you know, I certainly plan on doing my part in contributing to the overall scheme of things and proving that our our young people are resilient and brilliant and smart and are making huge contributions and um, strives in the community and in its family. Um, and you know, what would your suggestion be to people that might be listening that want to know what they can do? Like, because um, it seems like sometimes it seems so big. You know, mm-hmm. and we look at the news, and it's you know this is happening here, and this is happening here, and then you feel like what you know what can I do, or that whatever it is that you want to contribute won't make a difference. So, what are some of the things you think people can do to contribute to affect change in this arena? Mm, wow, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that it's very important, and you and I have spoken about this before. I mean, that people really find peaceful space in their own personal lives. I mean, because what's going on around the world is really deep and is serious. So I think that people really have to be committed to just honesty and integrity and just getting in a really good spiritual space in your life. Beyond that, on a collective scale, I don't think that people are too um, happy about what I have to say uh, because I think that, you know, we're we're telling young black boys in particular everything but the truth. You know, the truth of the matter is that they have an enemy. The truth of the matter is that they're targeted and criminalized and demonized, period, bottom line. So we would rather make them the enemy of one another than to give them the truth. You know, so our children are not socially and politically oriented in a way in which they know. I mean, like if I'm walking into a particular town and everyone in that town named Stacy has been murdered, that's kind of like some information that I need to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So our children are kind of like walking around in this environment where we have this historical account and record and proof that black men have been targeted, but we just don't want to make this about race when we're being murdered, when they're being murdered based upon their race. So, I mean, I don't really know. You know, I think that as long as we're not willing to have a conversation that sounds like and looks like the conversation that Marcus Garvey was having, um, you know, the UNIA 700 chapters, 38 cities, 700 chapters outside of the United States, until we're really willing to have a conversation about what we need to do as a people, you know, I think we're going to just be in this space for a very, very long time, attending many more funerals and signing many more petitions. So you don't think there's anything that people can do? That Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, having a real conversation, an honest conversation about race and mm-hmm. what black people and people of color need to do, <laughs> that needs to happen. And so mm-hmm. if that looks like separation, which, again, in an environment where people have been made to feel very comfortable, you know, it's hard for people to imagine that that may be necessary. But I honestly think that it is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, having a real conversation about do we need to go over here and then what's going to happen because we've gone over there before. I mean, Rosewood wasn't just a movie. You know, we've said before right. I'm going to go over here and build my own separate community, and then they came and dismantled it, you know, lynched the men, murdered the women. So, I mean, we really have to get clear about whether or not what we think is compassion that we're exhibiting by not defending ourselves is really compassion. It's not compassion. It's trauma. So I don't really know what to tell people to do. I mean, what I do is I make films, you know what I mean? And I hope that the films that I make are honest and that it can help to socially and politically orient people about what's really going on. Okay, okay. And what is next? Like, are you working on... The series, do you have, I know you, you're you working on a yeah, feature. Yeah. Um, what's that going to look like? <laughs> the feature, yeah, the feature is interesting. Um, 
the feature film is actually about uh, a plantation that's being uh, passed down in a white family, and the slaves actually come back to deliver retribution um, to the slave owners. So that's interesting. <laughs> I'm working on yeah, the for color boys, <laughs> color boys short film series. So we shoot, hopefully, shoot the next uh, the next film in this short film series at the end of May, and working on a featureless documentary on uh, police brutality in the black community. Mm. Very interesting. See, you are awfully quiet over there, <laughs> which is oh, unusual. Are you I'm taking notes? Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just, just, you know, <laughs> you, you ladies talk. You know, but, um, speaking from a, a, a black male perspective, um, going from a young man to a man, you know, I, I definitely appreciate. Your honesty, Stacey, in, in saying what it really is, and you're absolutely right because I have I have friends that have been in situations and have been categorized and are continually looked at, as you correctly stated, as targets, as criminals, and so forth to this day, and that has not stopped regardless of what arena uh, and, and, and what particular you know avenue or environment that you're in. This is the way you are looked at. If not up front, and psychologically, which is more damaging than, you know, actually just the all out stuff because this is this is how things continue to this day. even with the uh the the, the small veil that they, they like to put things uh on this situation, saying, Oh, well, you know, things are fast, it doesn't exist anymore, so forth and so on, but people still have the mentality and this it still goes on from, from place to place to place. Mm-hmm. Now, um question for you mm-hmm. With your Intelligent Seeds uh, organization, uh, talk to us about what you're doing uh, to to help the youth and the next generation that's coming up with that, which I think is a very good that you're doing. It's very important. Thank you. Um, Intelligent Seeds is actually an organization that myself and the Brother Wise Intelligent from Poor Righteous Teachers started. Um, Wise had a youth organization called Intelligent Kids, and my film company was Wild Seed. We put it together and came up with Intelligent Seeds. Um, and it's basically a youth media organization. We teach kids how to pick up cameras and tell their stories. Um, but it's really about teaching them to pay attention to their environment and to ask questions about not just what's happening but why it's happening and then to use the power of media to get those stories out to the world. Um, you know, because there's really just not enough advocacy on the part of children around the world, unfortunately. Um, so I think that media is definitely the number one tool that they can get to they can use to get people to listen to their story. Um, the first film we did was about the high levels of lead in the water in Trenton, New Jersey public school system, um, and it did really well. I mean, it went to uh, Atlanta. It won an award from the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, and we have children in the uh, organization from 7 up until 18 years old. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's powerful. I mean, it's probably some of the most important work that I've done to me and uh, I think that we definitely have to equip our children again, you know, socially and politically orient them so that they'll understand, and I suppose then I'll say the other day, not just that the drug bill is on the corner, but why he's there, what purpose does he serve, who put him there, who flew the drugs in. I mean, all they know is that there's a drug bill on the corner and he looks like me. So it's just this reinforcement of self-hatred. And then the real perpetrator and the real architect of this hell gets to not be identified. So we have to stop lying to these children. And, um, you know, that's that's part of the work that Intelligence Seeds is committed to doing. 
Sounds like a lot going on, right? <laughs> but yes, but it's yeah. a conversation. Like you said it's definitely a conversation, and it and it actually is a shift in the way that we think about things. Um, because, like you said, it's a lot of complacency and very comfortable. And I think that people need to not always think that it means that it's, you know, bad over here, good over here. It's not about that. It's just about what needs to happen. That's it. Like there doesn't have to be any other type of attachment to it. This is something that needs to happen. The conversation needs to happen. The resolutions need to happen. Mm-hmm. These are children, our youth. They're our future, literally. So what are they the future of? And how do we how do we direct them to, you know, to stand, you know, what what type of foundation are we providing now for them to stand on? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Which is why media is so important. Um I say all the time there's no such thing as entertainment. Um because, you know, media more than anything else is the avenue that can use to kind of inculcate these ideas into mass numbers of people. So if you look at you know, just this kind of repetition that we kind of fall into when another black man is killed and then another black man is killed. I mean, it is really just this desensitizing that has happened over time, and media has been the number one tool used to criminalize and demonize black men. I mean, when someone says, you know, black people are criminal, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. I mean, we don't have the blood of other others' children dripping from our hands. You know, I mean, you can't look at the history and say black people are criminal. But if you have BET that has a show out that's called Original Gangster and everyone that's highlighted is black, of course that reinforces the idea that black people are criminal. But I'm like, we're far from the original gangsters. you got to be kidding me. You know, so just this marketing program of black people being marketed as efficient and criminal has worked brilliantly. And it's been, it's been going on for a really long time. Black filmmakers have definitely got to fill that gap and say, no, this is not who we are. We're human, and we have human stories to tell as well. Are there other directors that you feel are doing doing similar work, um, bringing light to the situation, helping, um, you know, show the real deal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and all of them may not be, like, activists, um, because someone said to me, you know, you need to talk more through your films and not – I'm like, I was an activist before I was a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but right. yeah, they are, they are definitely like Ava DuVernay in uh, LA is doing incredible work. And it's just a human story, a human experience. Um, I learned a lot from her. And there are countless, there's another sister uh, here in Brooklyn, Nikiatu Jisu, a brother named Tahir Jeter. You know, I think Spike Lee is really, I mean, he's my inspiration. I wouldn't be a, a filmmaker if it were not for the work that Spike Lee has done. So I think he's done an incredible amount of work. He doesn't get nearly as much credit as he deserves um, around black cinema. So, yeah, there are many black filmmakers that are out that are kind of demystifying what's happening. And they may or may not be activists. They may or may not be vocal about it. And they don't have to be. They're doing the work. Yeah. However however it shows up to them, that's their mm-hmm. journey. Everybody has their own, own journey. And what do you think about Spike Lee and Tyler Perry's Spiff. Like, do you feel like there's room for everything, or do you feel like, you know, like there's some val- some validity in his argument with um, Mr. Perry? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, there may be room for everything, but I think that uh, being able to identify how problematic it may be is necessary. I mean, again, you know, environment is extremely important when you're kind of like looking at what should be uh, propagated to your people. 
you know, and I don't think that we're in the environment where we can just be buffoons right now. Um, so I think that Spike, Spike's criticism is warranted. However, I think that focusing on Tyler Perry and not focusing on this systematic issue, which is Hollywood and, you know, how Hollywood was constructed and for what purpose, again, I mean, you know, this is like more black-on-black black crime as opposed to, you know, them really sitting down and having a conversation with him. This is what our experiences have been like in Hollywood, which is not something that I think Tyler Perry would be willing to do at this point in time because he has much favor, not as much as we may think, but quite a bit of favor in that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on Spike's side when it comes to <laughs> When you go to that <laughs> argument, I mean, 100%, absolutely, I am. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, we talked about the media earlier, um, and it's so slanted. I mean, when you look at, you know, newscasting in another country, like if you're in somewhere else and you look at the news, and it, it's just the news, ours is so sensationalized. And um, do you feel like there's room in that arena Um you know, whether it's advertising or, you know, um, you know, casting. I understand there's a bigger system in the works, but, you know, going into those arenas to make a difference, how hard do you think that is? Well, to be able to go into, like, the CNN or MSNBC and, you know, affect change in those areas. Yeah, I mean, good luck, you know. Um, <laughs> it's television, you know, and, and it's, I think that all of it is controlled. Um, I think that's why independent media is so important. Independent, I mean, it's, you know, Ava DuVernay said it is, it is, it's an exciting time to be an independent filmmaker. When you can pick up a camera, you can make a film, you can screen it, you can put it on the festival circuit, you can get it out to so many people across the world. I mean, it really is a time where Hollywood does not control anymore. It really doesn't control cinema, and it definitely does not control black cinema. You know, the independent film audience is getting larger and larger and larger, and I think people are just kind of tired of seeing the same thing on the screen. Um, But I think, you know, much of it is controlled, but I think if people really want to make a difference and want to make a change, whatever that means to them, they can definitely find the avenues with social media, with independent film, with independent radio, like what you all are doing. There are so many avenues to get your message out to, to the people. And, you know, with TV, I mean, hey, good luck. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have too much television experience. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. And then when we talk about music, it's the same thing. Like, that, that's another medium that's, you know, we could talk about that all day. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're the only ones that have been sitting around thinking we've been entertained. You know, I mean, I think the people who constructed these systems, they knew, you know, we can use we can use so-called media in this way. We can use art in this way. So, I mean, we've been the ones sitting around snapping our fingers and whining and grinding and not really realizing that something else was going on. Um, so they get it. We don't, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so on, on, on that point, I was speaking to someone a couple of days ago about marketing and advertising and how companies look at and the thing that they always do is see the behavior of who they are looking at as far as their audience. So they, they study your behavior from, from A to Z, what you like, what your tendencies are, what type of reaction you would have to, to this or to that or to that image, to this sound or to this music. So everything is pretty much um, – and it's very scripted, and it's not by accident anything that's being put out, and, and reasons that they put. Yeah, yeah. It's by design, by design, and um, yeah, by design. Um, 
before we let you go, because I know you have other things to do on a Saturday, <laughs> but, uh, is, do you have any other screenings coming up? Are you speaking anywhere, doing any panels, um, anything that um, you can share with us? Mm-hmm. Um, I have, well, we were, For Color Voices picked up by the Brooklyn Arts Council International Film Festival, so it's showing there on May 2nd at Indie Screen in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I'll definitely post all that on my Facebook page and on my website. Okay. Um, I just got asked to be on a panel about Trayvon Martin with Image Nation at Lincoln Center on May 31st. Um, okay. I was just named the assistant director of the Real Sisters Film Festival here in Brooklyn, so I'm really excited awesome. about that. Congrats. I'm excited. Congratulations. In October. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm always online. People can go to my website, stacymohammed.com, and I keep all the events, speaking engagements, and screening sessions updated pretty much daily. Awesome, awesome, awesome. One last uh, question, which I guess mm-hmm. you can be an inspiration to someone uh, at this point if you have not been already. Um, mm-hmm. For those who are, are coming up in there, they're making films and they're putting together music and, and all types of motion picture and imagery and stuff like that, similar to what you do or just in general that may not be what what you do, uh, what are some of the things that you can say to them and some of the the uh, the criticisms that you've gotten past and ignored to continue mm-hmm. to be successful with what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of challenging because I, I, I guess, like, I don't really, in my mind, compartmentalize what I'm doing all my life. So I think that where I am in my, quote, unquote, career is really just simply a reflection of where I have gotten to in my life. Um, so I think that those real life lessons like integrity, really dealing with your core issues and the things that kind of, um, hold you back and create this space in your life where you don't think that you're worth uh, having what you want. You're not worthy of having what you want. I think handling those type of emotional and spiritual issues puts you in a space where you can manifest whatever it is that you want. You know, so I mean, for me, it's like I can't tell someone, well, you know, go to film school or don't go to film school or, you know, study real hard. I mean, my thing is heal yourself and then all the doors will fly open for whatever it is that you really want to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, commitment and dedication, you really have to love what you're doing. I mean, because I don't really think about competition. Like, I don't really view things like that. I mean, there's space on the planet and in this uh, work for everyone that wants to be in it. So, yeah, heal, you know, be in integrity all of the time, as much as you possibly can, and uh, and you'll get what you want if you really want it. No comment. It's about that balance, definitely. And we talk about that on the show a lot, too. And um, we want to thank you for your unapologetic mm-hmm. passion and um, what you continue to bring to light and share and teach and empower. And um, you are welcome to the show anytime, anytime. Thank you. Yeah, thank you going so on, much. If you want to feel free to give us a call. Um, you know you how to reach me. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> and, uh, if you have anything on the, you know, that we can post on the blog for you, please let us know, um, okay. so that our listeners can follow you and and keep in touch and okay. stay abreast of, of your work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. I do. Yes, indeed, Stacy Muhammad, ladies and gentlemen, and um, enjoy your weekend. Continue to bask in the glow of your screening, and definitely keep us posted for your, with your new gig. You want to know okay. what's going on? I will. I will. Okay. Thank you so much. I have a good day. Good work. Thank you.
right, Thank you too. You. Okay, okay. Indie review, radio. That yeah. that was I, I, the reason why I was silent and I was listening because you know so there was good information being shared and, and sometimes you know you just have to listen and, and take notes and, and soak it up. I mean it's it's not all about you know talking all the time. Like a lot of people you know tend to get that confused. Sometimes you talk so much that you lose things. Mm-hmm. You lose what's being said. And with a person like Stacy, because she's a wealth of information and knowledge, and she is, you know, when you talk about authenticity, wherever you see her, whether she's, you know, whether it's through her lens or sitting at a table on a panel or talking, you know, doing a Q&A after a screening, it's, there is a thread of consistency there, and we need that. We need that thread of consistency to help empower and improve and share information because it's too much wishy-washy. Like, you can't get anything from that. There's no growth that comes from it. There's no information that comes from it, at least no consistent information. So it's very mm-hmm. important for those that are doing the work, that are walking a walk, that there is a sense of authenticity. Our, our kids need that. They need someone that they know will be the same every single time because that's what we depend on, and it's important. That's how foundations are built. Um, we have a caller on the line. Yes, and you have a, a big fan in the chat room as well. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pac-Man, thanks for joining us, Mr. Pac-Man 69. Yes, um, indeed. Let's see who who, yeah. who we have on the line. Who's, who's joining <laughs> us right now? <laughs> hello. Listener, hello. You're on the air. Okay, I guess they're too shy okay. to speak, or maybe they were just listening to the program. Or they have us muted or what have you. Um, so if you are in the chat room, just let us know that that's you and that you want to tune in, um, and we'll pick you up. And we want to give another shout-out to PlayStation PR that's in the chat room, and, of course, Stacey, we love you. Thank you again oh. for joining and and happy birthday to uh, Mr. Willie Colon of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the uh, yes. offensive lineman. Yes, he is in New York doing a good this weekend, absolutely, absolutely, doing big things, big things, him and the commission and uh, the family, so um, I'm sorry that I'm not there, but I'll see them all very, very soon. Yes, indeed, and we're going to continue on right now on the program. we got uh, about 20 minutes left. Oh, excuse me, not 20 minutes. we got about uh, 40 minutes left in the program. So we're going to do some tunes. We're going to come back and talk about some other things that's going on in the world. And there is a whole whole bunch. Oh, but uh, let's get to some uh, Kindred with Raheem Devon. We all will know.
together Even our kids don't bring us together Keeps on education or money and fame was gonna separate you But they still hate you No matter what you can prove No matter what you disprove Will they serve and protect Without getting no shame That's what I wanna know Cause it's firing out of control
And don't you forget it either. <laughs> and don't you forget it either. We have been joined by Lady Ginger in the chat room. Ginger, I was just where she was. I don't know. She was probably out, uh, you know, putting together some some bibbles and tasty treats and stuff like that. <laughs> Lady well, Ginger is, well is a chef on the low. All is well in the world now because Lady Ginger's in the chat room. She, she's a chef on the low. Ginger's is that what that is? Okay. Okay. <laughs> A chef on the low, chef on the low. So um, the weather, you guys have uh, some crazy weather up there today? No, we're not having crazy weather. We're having great weather. It's going to okay. be a high in the mid to uh, upper 70s, very warm, Fantastic. spring-like things going on. Fantastic. Fantastic. I was watching something on the Weather Channel, and they were asking, does, our winter predict what our summer is going to be like? The answer was no, of course. They said no, wouldn't predict it. But um, they did say that um, we could have some extreme highs and extreme lows this winter. So, oh, we will. Uh, this would be I really mean, interesting. Just, just look oh. at what's going on. You're, you're having yeah. tornadoes and things going on. You're having, like, spring in the summer, summer in the spring, winter in mm-hmm. the fall. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Just make sure you guys pay attention to what the weather folks are saying. And when they start talking about the heat being oppressed, stay in the house. <laughs> oppressive heat. Yes. <laughs> stay in the house. Exactly. You, you you don't want the heat get mad at you because it's oppressed. Well, one of the joys of being self-employed is that you don't have to be outside if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But do take some time though to actually get out and stroll a little bit, even if it's just for 15 minutes and, you know, just to stroll yeah. up a little little place here and there and whatnot because you mm-hmm. do need the vitamin D. Yeah, do it in the early in the morning or, you know, in the evening before the sun goes down. Yeah, you'd be all good. And then, you know, worst case, you can always take the supplements because I've done that before. You know, uh, people that live in cities where they have four seasons, you know, when it's snowy and wintry, um, often you you do have vitamin D deficiencies. Um, which is vitamin D is very important. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you find that you're that you're low, then there are supplements available for you to take, you know, one a day and um, one one pill a day and, and you'll be good. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Be careful. Be careful, though. <laughs> well, be no. careful with well, pills. I'm, not no, just, no, I'm just have, saying. They have vegan supplements, which are the ones that I take, Um that you know that are vitamin D that are not man-made or synthetic, and I actually got those from my Ayurvedic doctor, Dr. Rao out in Jersey. Uh, I went to my doctor to, and I found out that my vitamin D was very low, so he gave me a prescription to a synthetic vitamin D, and I took that and threw it in the garbage and went to my Ayurvedic doctor, and he was like, "You don't need all that. It's really very strong. Here's one that's vegan. It's not cased in any pork or any man-made fibers, and I take them once a day." There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm doing research. There's, there's a good one called Mega Food, too, that's um, mm-hmm. not from any meat sources as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's out there on, on the market. But, you know, I, I just said be careful uh, just because there, there, there may be people who are, like, extreme pill poppers who, you know, take oh. a pill for everything. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's why I said, you know, be careful. Uh, we, we don't condone that. <laughs> no, no, we, we do. We do. There's enough 
drug addicts and drug dealers in the world. We don't need any more of them. <laughs> so, you know, let's 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 ease up if if you're out there and you're one of those chronic, you know, pill takers. Hell, I'll take a pill for everything. Okay, you can that too. Yeah, like a whole pharmacy on their desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's crazy. Like, and I don't think people really understand the adverse effects short and long-term, that some of these um, have on your body. And they're really, I mean, honestly, there's no excuse. You can go online and do all the research in the world. And, you know, one of the reasons that I started going to school for nutritional therapy was to start to discover the ways that we can utilize food to heal our bodies as opposed to medicine. And there are plenty, you know, there's plenty out there. Um, So, you know, the research is available. We just have to look it up. It's all there. Food science—it's all there. It's yeah. When I tell you these classes are wearing me out, but that's all right. I'm—I'm I'm sticking to my guns. I'm gonna get it cracking. Speaking of guns, I went to the shooting range this week. Oh my goodness! You're gonna become <laughs> a shooter now. You're gonna start shooting people right now. Oh my goodness! It was so much fun, but it was really empowering to know that um, there's something empowering about knowing that you know how to protect yourself. Now, is it that, or is it just you just got off shooting a gun? Well, no. Well, that too. But, but the bulk of it had to do with the bulk of it had to do with being able to load up my clip, pop it in the gun, take off the safety, and shoot ten rounds. Like that was, you know, it, it seems like a lot, but and, and I'm a nice and I'm nice with it. Like I was right. I had a we call that oh, a nice grouping. They call it a nice grouping when you shoot when you're dead find... on your target. That's my gun talk. <laughs> Let me find out. I'm gonna have to do an intervention. Please, <laughs> children, don't want gun gun hacking. They just started clapping up everybody. Let me let me find out. Oh my goodness, it was Rachel so much fun. Like gun, she's talking about the pills. What's going on? <laughs> It was fun. We went to the gun range. It was a lot of fun. But listen, don't sleep. When I first walked in, it were these two elderly ladies, two black women, with their own rifles shooting. So I'm not mad at them. Uh, apparently, they belong to a rifle club. I said, okay, let me start out. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Years. I mean, I have, how many times? Well, I don't know how many times have you heard, but there's a lot of situations that I know of where. You know, there's been grandmas that have come to the door with a piece and ready to that's just crazy. straight spray somebody. I mean, that's that's a common story that I've heard, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> not surprised at all, but, you know, this, once again, not you, Rachel, but people out there, you know, be responsible, have a license, you know, for your guns and stuff like that, and know how to shoot it, know how to use it. Don't just go out there and, oh, I'm going to get a gun and start shooting, you know. No, it's important. That's why I'm going to check out the range. And I ha- I'm not committed to anything, but I'm just saying if I am going to purchase something as a single woman that lives alone in a state where everyone else has a gun, <laughs> I figure I might as well know how to use it. Yeah, so everybody can just shoot each other. No, but I <laughs> I, I say that. <laughs> no, but I, I, once again, I... I Say that to the, the, the people out there, the segment of people out there who may just be, you know, gun happy, like the pill poppers and the gun happy people. The pill poppers and the gun happy people, you know. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah. So sport. It's just you know a lot of people shoot for sport. They shoot because you know they have the you know they want to be on target. You know they do targets and all that kind of stuff, and it has nothing to do. They don't even own. They just do it for sport at the range. So yeah. But um. Yeah, so just be careful, and if you see Rachel, now you know not to really mess with her, because she'll shoot you. <laughs> Listen, I come in love and peace. That's it. Right, right, right. Hey, I, I'm, I'm ready to to jump off at any moment, so just to let you know. <laughs> with, with or without a gun. <laughs> see? Yeah, you well, probably should have one. Yeah. We yeah. digress. Yeah, we digress. <laughs> So we did our black gold by uh, Esperanza Spalding with the help from Algebra. And she's been doing a lot of shows lately, and she has an upcoming rehearsal that she's going to be doing uh, this coming Monday in New York City for her Radio Music Society album, which is a great, great album. And I'm actually going to be attending that rehearsal to uh, see what Miss Spalding puts down and, and how she prepares for her show and stuff like that. So I'll be reporting that to uh, the show next week. Let people know about that whole situation. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, 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 indeedy, indeedy. So if you want it, well, actually, you can't check it out because it's by invite only. So, <laughs> But it's, it's in the New York area, rehearsal that uh, Miss Falding is doing, definitely. Love her, support her, and uh, that new album is great. Definitely pick it up if you haven't gotten it already. Radio Music Society. Esperanza mm. Spalding. Yes, she's so, so talented. So, so talented. And I saw that Ngambi was in San Diego yesterday, which is awesome. I mean, it's so good to know that, you know, even some of the secondary markets are really embracing the the great music that these independent artists are putting out and that they're supporting. So, kudos to Ngambi. Absolutely. Definitely. Was she on the LIE when you saw her? She was in San Diego. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, she was in San Diego. And I'm sure she did an L.A. show. I mean, that, that would just make the most sense. But um, I'm not sure. She was in the 405. She was in the uh, 619. Oh, the 619. Okay. Well, what's the highway over there that leads into um, the Dago or the 405? Oh, the 5, the, the 8, or the 405, yes. Mm-hmm. The, four, the 405 comes a little bit, you know, it comes down south, and then you catch either the 5 or the 8. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Big ups to everybody out there in Dago and 619, Southern California. That's right. And Mr. Yeah. Lewis Mario, who's been in the forefront of a lot of uh, – Community activism as of late. He will be one of the first people featured on the blog Architects of a Culture, my blog that I started last week. He's one of the first people that will be featured on there. Um, he does the 100 Black Men um, Organization. 100 Strong. 100 Strong. And, oh, and he owns the barbershop, Imperial Barbershop, which you guys had a chance to go and visit him. Yes, and I'm going to put, um, put up the video from that on the, on cool. the blog uh, later today. Yeah, well, he is going to be one of the first people featured on Architects of a Culture on Tumblr. So I'll let you know when that's finished, and you guys can go check it out. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, we have uh, about 13 minutes left in the program, so we're going to do maybe a tune or two, perhaps, depending on you know time, and then we're going to come back and wrap it up. But uh, you can still call us up, uh, chime in, 646-478-5123. That is the number. Email us, anyreviewcd at gmail.com. Pill poppers, uh, gun toters, 
You are all welcome, of course. And um, definitely join us. Join us in the conversation. Hit us up in the chat room. <laughs> What's that? I said, yes, join us. <laughs> right. And if you're with us, you know, just shoot one in the air one time right now. Open <laughs> free. Hey, 
Luna right there. Live your life. I live love it, that. Live it to the It's in your review here on uh, Blog Talk and the fourth 107.5 Classic Soul. See Truth Rachel here with you. Just uh, living it up, doing it up, talking about all different types of things from fan events, birthday parties, BMX competitions, guns, pills, <laughs> food science, vitamin D, chefs, ginger spice. Yes. All types of things we're talking about today. My nationality has been questioned today. I mean, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going Absolutely. on this Absolutely. It's a lot going on. But it's all good because we're at the end of another show. So we'll have to see what next week has in store for us. But in the meantime and in between time, I will share with you our daily slice. And it's very simple today. It is. It's only a thought, and a thought can be changed. And that... um Although simple, it's very powerful because a lot of times our thoughts are what puts us in the box that we live according to, which is, you know, feedback that comes from community, from family, you're this or you're not that or you'll never be this or you should be this. They will should us, could us to death, and it's just a thought. Depending on how much energy you put into that thought determines how that thought affects change in your life. So if you stay present, you just think about what's right now. What do you want to do? I love dogs. I hate cats. I have, I love cats. I hate dogs. It's not a definition. You know what I mean? So remember to not put yourself in those boxes and and be mindful of how many times you tell yourself uh, you are something or you're not something and throw that concept out of the window, be whatever you want to be. And that's it. Yeah. That's our school's life. There you go. That's it. That's it. And I think we let's see if we can sneak in a call real quick if, oh. if they're willing to speak. Hello, you're all live. Hello? Yes, Hi. you're all live. Why are you a pretty self norm? Who is that? Hackman. Huh? I can't hear you. I think you are so damn fine. I was like, what the hell is this? Okay, but who I is this? Are you sure? Who is it? Are you sure? But my screen name is Pacman69. Hi, Pacman69. How are you? I'm good. Now that I'm talking to your crazy self, that have had me on hold for like an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even, you know what? That's the truth fault. He's working the switchboards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we're going to blame it on him today. Thank you for joining us and tuning into the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I, you have a Facebook or something? You know what? Why don't we do this? Going to, yeah, I do have a Facebook page. Does she know? S H E N O T E S. Oh, I don't have a pin on me. Take down my email. Email me. Um, okay, I'll send you it for now. Are you going to listen to the show again? Yeah, I already freaking got my gym. We already got a hundred dollar donation for your show. I got your picture. I cut out your picture. I put it in. <laughs> wow, isn't that something? Yeah. See, we have donations for the show. What's that about? I just decided I saw your yellow skin. I said, damn. Oh, you know my goodness. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little, little, little uh, protein shake jar, too. It's <laughs> in a protein shake jar. Is that the gym? Well, listen. We, I we think I'll be a part. Well, Pac, man, we're at the end of a show, darling, so we have to wrap I know. up. But... I know. It was not my fault, but just email me. New York, NY, the number two, FLC at gmail.com. NY, no, the number two and what? It's N. Where if I take this one? It's B L K H E 
Yeah, because I can't give you my real name. I'm sorry about that. That's crazy. Okay. H-E-M-A-N-79 at com. All right. And we're going to talk about that donation. It's only $100. You never know. You never know. Well, thanks for calling in. I look forward to talking to you real soon. All right. Take care. Alrighty. Wow. So you had a you had a super fan there, Rachel. Well, okay, see, okay, yeah. Super, yeah we, super like, fan. we like we like when I, when folks call into the show. We appreciate every single ear. So Pac-Man, yes. thank you very much for tuning in. Thank did you. Hear you. The sirens in the background, yes, I did. <laughs> 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 Must be on the streets of the NYC. That's right. Oh man, well listen, All thank right, you guys. everybody. Thank you, everybody, for supporting, for, uh, you know, tuning in, logging on, emailing, chatting with us, and so forth, hitting us up on Facebook, hitting the blog up, all that good stuff. We'll be back here next week letting you know about the world and everything in it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're sending you lots of love and light, and we'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Have a blessed week. Calling my